0: SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: Good evening and welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. Back again tomorrow for another edition of... uh All Things Money here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, so far, so good. It's been great news for South Africa on two fronts. We're hoping that the Proteas can make it great news on three fronts. And we start with that this evening. Uh, South Africa are up against the West Indies in the third and final one-day international. It's taking place down in Durban. And Proteas off to a fantastic start. Natalie Germanis uh, looking pretty good.
2: They'll be very happy with the start. There's no doubt about it. 73 without loss is the score after seven overs. So run rate 10.4 to the over. Monefenbeek's at the crease with Riza Hendricks. And right now they're looking pretty good with Riza Hendricks on 32. And Monefenbeek is there with him on 34. So they'll be very happy with the start, Brad. There's no doubt. And they are batting first because the West Indies won the toss. I think the South Africans would have preferred possibly to have bowled first on this wicket. But so far, so good.
1: Yeah, we're hoping it's third time lucky. They have lost the series, so nothing but pride at stake. And uh, it's, it's a tough one to know how much is enough, especially after Sunday's game at the Wanderers.
2: Well, yes, but there the are major changes to the West Indies side as well as the South African side, which might make a difference. Chris Gale is not playing today. He's got that back problem that they're a bit worried about, so he's rested ahead of the ODI series and, of course, ahead of the World Cup as well. Dinesh Randon, Jason Holder, Suleiman Benn all sitting out today. Andre Fletcher gets a game. Carlos Brathwaite is also in the game. Ashley Nurse gets his second game in the series, and Lendl Simmons gets his first of the series. So lots of changes in that West Indies side. No Gale factor. And then the South Africans have also made changes. There'll be no Faf du Plessis factor and that's a major one for South Africa from a captaincy point of view and of course also from a batting point of view. No David Miller either, so that's another massive change. JP Dumini gets a game his first one since Australia. Imran Tahir is out and Wayne Parnell is in. So quite a few changes to both sides, Brad.
1: It's going to be interesting indeed, uh, I mean, if you especially if you think of Faf du Plessis and, and the role that he and David Miller played in that game on Sunday at the Wanderers, but... Uh, Nonetheless, it's still going to be a, a difficult one and one that the Proteus really have to win just to get their confidence up uh, ahead of the one day series.
2: Yeah, we we speak about pride. Obviously, a two-one scoreline sounds a lot better than 3 Um I, I definitely think it's more about the one-day series than actually anything else because they want to swing the momentum their own way. They've got the big guns coming back for themselves as well. Of course, the likes of Dale Steyn, Morne Morkel, you'll have Hashim Amla and AB de Villiers coming back for the one-day side as well. So that makes quite a big difference for the South Africans. But definitely, I think from a momentum perspective, that's what the South Africans are really aiming for: is to change things around and get things back more then.
1: I see the omission of David Miller was a late injury withdrawal do we know if it's anything serious or is it just precautionary
2: Back, back spasms is what he's suffering from, I'm afraid, and that doesn't sound very good. Hopefully it's nothing too serious and it's just maybe a bit of fatigue or something that uh, that might have plagued him for for a little bit and it's nothing serious. Um, JP Domeny did say ahead of this game that he was actually surprised to have to be playing today. He wasn't supposed to be playing today, so from his point of view, he was a little bit surprised that he actually ended up getting a game. He, of course, has been an injury problem for the South Africans for quite a long time with his knee problem. Uh, hopefully it obviously doesn't do any damage today ahead of the World Cup because he's been on such a strict uh, rehab program for the last few months and spending his time in Cape Town um, with this rehab program. And hopefully it doesn't set him back.
1: Yeah, Natalie, I wanted to ask you that because he was uh, th- there was talk that he was going to play in the first one day, which was on Friday. It's obviously two days early. Would that make much of a difference in his recovery? Are they risking him ahead of the World Cup?
2: I don't unfortunately from a rehab point of view I don't know where he was in his rehab programme. They said obviously here they wanted him to play in the ODI series. But if he's playing one game early, it might not make that much of a difference, especially being a T twenty format. The issue will come in the field of course is how much he has how much work he has to do in the field and they might rely quite a bit on him in the field. And that's I think more where the issue will come in. Also if he has to play a long innings, how much running between the wickets he does, that kind of thing, and hopefully it doesn't do any damage to that rehab program that he's under. Um, he's been working on it very, very hard for the last few months. Um, I, I, from a one-day perspective, I don't think it'll do too much damage, hopefully. They, they were expecting him to play in the ODI series, which is five matches ahead of the World Cup. So hopefully it's not going to make too much difference, but I think maybe from a mental perspective it might make difference because he wasn't really prepared for today's game.
1: Speaking of the other, other injury concern in that Proteus World Cup squad, any, any news on Quinton Dukaki? He's obviously still out, but uh, the last I heard he was progressing quite nicely. and and he might actually make it for for the warm-up games uh, in in Australia before the World Cup.
2: We're watching him doing some shuttle sprints at the Wanderers, actually, before they were playing that game at the Wanderers in the warm-up. The crease with Risa Hendricks. And right now, they're looking pretty good with Risa Hendricks on 32 and Monif and Vakers there with him on 34. So they'll be very happy with this start, Brad. There's no doubt. And they are batting first because the West Indies won the toss. I think the South Africans would have preferred possibly to have bowled first on this wicket but so far so good.
1: Yeah we're hoping it's third time lucky they have lost the series so nothing but pride at stake and uh, it's, it's a tough one to know how much is enough especially after Sunday's game at the Wanderers.
2: Well, yes, but there are major changes to the West Indies side as well as the South African side, which might make a difference. Chris Gale is not playing today. He's got that back problem that they're a bit worried about, so he's rested ahead of the ODI series and, of course, ahead of the World Cup as well. Dinesh Randon, Jason Holder, Suleiman Benn all sitting out today. Andre Fletcher gets a game. Carlos Brathwaite is also in the game. Ashley Nurse gets his second game in the series, and Lendl Simmons gets his first of the series. So lots of changes in that West Indies side. No Gale factor. And then the South Africans have also made changes. There'll be no Faf Plessis factor and that's a major one for South Africa from a captaincy point of view and of course also from a batting point of view. No David Miller either so that's another massive change. JP Dumini gets a game, his first one since Australia. Imran Tahir is out and Wayne Parnell is in. So quite a few changes to both sides Brad.
1: It's going to be interesting indeed. Uh, I mean if you especially if you think of Faf Duplessis and, and the role that he and David Miller played in that game on Sunday at the Wanderers but uh, Nonetheless, it's still going to be a, a difficult one and one that the Proteus really have to win just to get their confidence up ahead of the one day series.
2: Yeah, we, we speak about pride. Obviously, a 2-1 scoreline sounds a lot better than 3-0. Um, I, I definitely think it's more about the one-day series than actually anything else because they want to swing the momentum their own way. They've got the big guns coming back for themselves as well. Of course, the likes of Dale Steyn, Mornay Morkel, You'll have Hashim Amla and Abe de Villiers coming back for the one-day side as well. So that makes quite a big difference for the South Africans. But definitely, I think from a momentum perspective, that's what the South Africans are really aiming for, is to change things around and get things back more than
1: I see the omission of David Miller was a late injury withdrawal. Do we know if it's anything serious or is it just precautionary?
2: Back, back spasms is what he's suffering from, I'm afraid, and that doesn't sound very good. Hopefully it's nothing too serious and it's just maybe a bit of fatigue or something that uh, that might have plagued him for, for a little bit and it's nothing serious. Um, JP Duminy did say ahead of this game that he was actually surprised to have to be playing today. He wasn't supposed to be playing today. So from his point of view, he was a little bit surprised that he actually ended up getting a game. He, of course, has been an injury problem for the South Africans for quite a long time with his knee problem. Uh, hopefully it obviously doesn't do any damage today ahead of the World Cup because he's been on such a strict uh, rehab program for the last few months and spending his time in Cape Town um, with this rehab program. And hopefully it doesn't set him back.
1: Yeah, uh, Natalie, I wanted to ask you that because he was uh, th- there was talk that he was going to play in the first one day, which was on Friday. It's obviously two days early. Would that make much of a difference in his recovery? Are they risking him ahead of the World Cup?
2: I don't unfortunately from a rehab point of view I don't know where he was in his rehab program they said obviously here they wanted him to play in the ODI series but if he's playing one game early, it might not make that much of a difference, especially being a T20 format. The issue will come in the field, of course, is how much, he has, how much work he has to do in the field. And they might rely quite a bit on him in the field. And that's, I think, more where the issue will come in. Also, if he has to play a long innings, how much running between the wickets he does, that kind of thing. And hopefully it doesn't do any damage to that rehab program that he's under. Um, he's been working on it very, very hard for the last few months. Um, I, I, from a one-day perspective, I don't think it'll do too much damage. Hopefully, they, they were expecting him to play in the ODI Series, which is five matches ahead of the World Cup. So hopefully, it's not going to make too much difference. But I think maybe from a mental perspective, it might make difference because he wasn't really prepared for today's game.
1: Speaking of the other other injury concern in that Proteus World Cup squad, any, any news on Quinton Dukakis? He's obviously still out. But uh, the last I heard, he was progressing quite nicely and, and he might actually make it for, for the warm-up games uh, in, in Australia before the World Cup
2: we're watching him doing some shuttle sprints at the Wanderers actually before they were playing that game at the Wanderers in the warm-up and and just watching him move he's he's being able he's running on the ankle and it's uh, strapped up still obviously very heavily strapped up change of direction is an issue for him and that's obviously going to be an issue when he's keeping so for now at the moment he's still struggling in terms of a bit of change of direction and obviously a little bit of speed as well they will feel they won't push him now because there's no reason to push him just yet um, but hopefully he is on top Uh, We're hearing reports that he is very much on target and they feel that that he's progressing really well. Uh, Just watching him though doing those shuttle sprints, you can still see that it, it is a slight problem and he's definitely not over it as yet.
1: Natalie, from a bowling perspective in this T20, a couple of the guys took a bit of stick in the, in the first two, I think particularly of Kyle Abbott in the last one. Aaron Pangiso took uh, a bit of, of stick in the, in the first uh, T20. How will, how will they be approaching this one from a confidence perspective? They must be, must be nervous. All right. Although Chris, Chris Gale's not there, they still need to, to get up and, and put it in the right, uh, right place. Well, th- th- it's
2: a very easy, obviously, to get caught up in the whole Chris Gale affair and the Chris Gale storm that literally came across Newlands and, the- and Wanderers. But from a bowling perspective, they just have to know what their roles are keep that and stick to that and then play to the plans. You can't obviously play to the player. You need to put the ball where you were asked to do it and you have to bowl to your field. So they will know what they have to do. It's about execution. Faf Plessis did say at the Wanderers he felt their execution wasn't 100% and they had plans for Chris Gale but they didn't execute well. And that's more the issue than anything else. Not so much the batsmen that they're facing but their execution levels weren't where they should be. And South Africa will be hoping that they can be a lot more discipline today. It is a wicket that will have some carry and some bounce. It's not necessarily the quickest wicket, but it should be good for batting and there's definitely something in it for the bowlers as well.
1: Absolutely. Natalie Jumanis, thank you very much for that update. Uh, Just to let you know, the Proteas are now 90 without loss, and that's after 8.4 overs. We'll have another update for you before the end of this evening's show. I mentioned that it's been a good day on two fronts so far for South African sport, and we're hoping that the Proteas can make it three. In other sports news, I can tell you that Bafana Bafana will head into their opening African Cup of Nations clash with Algeria brimming with confidence after they beat Mali 3-0 this afternoon in Libreville. A first-half header from Tulani Slashwayo was followed by second-half strikes from Sibu Vilakazi and Dean Furman in what was the team's final warm-up match before the Continental Showpiece that kicks off on Saturday. Bafana Bafana coach Sheikh Mashaba used the opportunity to rotate his 23-man squad. He made 6 changes in the team that were held to a one-all draw by Cameroon last weekend. We'll chat to Mo Ali in just a moment to find out exactly uh, how things uh, panned out in Gabon. It was a fantastic performance and what we can expect in the final few days before the AFCON does kick off. The other bit of fantastic news for South Africa is that Team MTN Quebec will be the first African team to compete in the Tour de France that after race organizers selected the South African outfit among the Wildcards invited to take part in this year's race. In addition to the 17 UCI World Tour squads already qualified tour organisers announced today that German team Borough Argonne 18 as well as French squads Coffees, Europe Car and Bratagastisch uh, Environment will also be starting uh, on the 4th of July in the Dutch city of Utrecht Founded in 2007 MTN Quebec is competing on the UCI Continental Circuit and has recently added international stars Edvold Bozenhagen Matthew Goss and Tyler Farrer to their squad 60% of that team is made up of African riders. And coming up later on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll be chatting to team principal Douglas Ryder, who I'm sure is extremely proud of that announcement today and everything and all the hard work that's been put in in the build-up to this. In some tennis news, Juan Martin Del Potro continued his promising return from an 11-month injury layoff by beating top-seeded Fabio Fanini, 4-6, 6-2 and 6-2, to reach the quarterfinals of the Sydney International. The former fourth-ranked player from Argentina needed a wildcard entry to get into the main draw because his world ranking had dropped to 338 during his lengthy absence second seeded David Goffin of Belgium also lost falling to Simon Bolelli of Italy 6-3-6-3 6-3, while Bernard Tomic of Australia uh, defeated third seeded Philip Kohlschreiber of Germany 6-3 and 6-4 Del Potro the 2009 US Open champion needed treatment from courtside trainer during the first set he said he still has a bit of wrist pain and his injury constrains his two-handed backhand the Argentines quarterfinal opponent will be Kazakhstan's qualifier Mikhail Kukushkin who beat 6 seeded Pablo Cueva six uh, seven five seven five On the women's side Defending champions Fetana Pirankova Beat Barbara Zalakova Strike over 6, four, six one, To stay on track To win the tournament For the second consecutive year As a qualifier Also winning a quarterfinal match uh, Was Wimbledon champion Petra Kvitova Who beat uh, Jarmilia Khadsova four six six three and 6-4 Meanwhile at the Kuyong Classic In Melbourne Defending champion Kainishi Kai of Japan struggled in the first round before beating Australian youngster Jordan Thompson, 6-4, 3-6 and 7-6. Also, Fernando Vadasco of Spain beat Gilles Simon of France, 6-2, 7-6. And Alexander Dolpogolov never get that name right of the ukraine defeated uh, Filip philip krevin at of serbia 6-4 6-3 there was no play possible at the wta tour at hobart international because of rain obviously lots of tennis happening in australasia ahead of next week's uh, first major of the uh, the uh, australian open taking place in melbourne time now to chat to moali that's coming up next safm sports rap you tune into South Africa's news and information leader, SAFM 104 to 107 FM. Mo Ali joining us now. Mo, what a fantastic uh, sort of last warm-up match ahead of the AFCON. A great confidence builder for Sheikh Mashaba and the rest of the squad
3: massive confidence builder Brad uh, it really was a very very good performance particularly in the second half Bafana Bafana seemed to come to light in the second half and uh, what, what uh, clinical performance it was what an attractive performance it was as well they really tore a, a Mali inside remember Mali qualified alongside Algeria from their group and uh, Mali beating Algeria in their last qualifier uh, of course Bafana Bafana play Algeria on uh, Monday in their opening game and uh, it really was a very very confident performance and it could have been five million In fact, uh, because uh, Dean Furman with a cute little chip over the goalkeeper hit the crossbar and uh, Bongani Ndilula also saw a shot being saved off uh, the goal line, being cleared off the goal line by Konati, the defender, as he was tumbling. (laughs) In fact, he was uh, falling over as he tried to clear the ball, which he eventually did. But yes, a very, very good performance and a massive confidence builder. The only problem is that uh, those teams who may have underestimated Bafana Bafana going into the tournament certainly won't be doing so, so their cover (laughs) has been blown.
1: That's actually very funny. so uh, the, the coach made six changes to his starting 11 today. Uh, just a case of, of rotating the squad and seeing who's, who's putting their hand up.
3: Absolutely, and uh, also, you know, giving everybody a run. Uh, even uh, Eric Matoho got a run towards the end. Uh, we know that uh, Matoho and Renil Walecholany will miss the opening game against Algeria due, due to suspension. And uh, Jackson Mubehani, for example, started off in goal, so all three goalkeepers now would have had a chance. Uh, but the one player who really stood out this afternoon for me was uh, Sibosiso Vilakazi. Uh, he's normally being used by Sheikh's Mashaba as an impact impact player off the bench, and he's normally done the job. But this afternoon he started, and he really showed his pace and quality and uh, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sibosiso Vilakazi moves to Europe maybe after the tournament but uh, certainly uh, in the summer the European summer he really is a very good player and he showed that quality again by scoring he scored on Saturday of course or on Sunday should I say against uh, Cam- Cameroon as well he really is a quality player
1: Mo with with those six changes and this good performance do you think it, it gives the coach some some selection headaches where he might have been going into this one going okay I know more or less who my 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 first 11 are, but some, some other, other guys put their hands up today and, and it could throw a bit of a spanner in the works.
3: It's always a, a pleasant headache for the coach to have, isn't it? Uh, to know that uh, he's got players who stick their hands up and uh, he's got more than uh, the, the starting 11. He's, he's got the options off the bench as well. As I mentioned, Sibusiso, Vilakazi, uh, Tulani Latswai, who scored the opening goal with a thumping header uh, from a free kick uh, stood out in, in the centre of defence as well. And uh, remember, he's got uh, Le and Matoho to come back for the second game. Rivaldo could Sia was out there with an injury as well Uh, so really it is a good all-round squad and uh, I I must admit that uh, I perhaps didn't give Bafana Bafana the chance that I'm now giving them after today's performance uh, to advance from the group I think uh, the other sides in Group C Algeria, Ghana and Senegal uh, would have looked at this performance and say hang on a bit, Uh, you know we might not be as as easy against Bafana Bafana as uh, we thought it would be but having said that uh, Senegal beat uh, Guinea 5-1 so uh, they've certainly Shown their quality, and we know from the players that play in the English Premier League, the likes of uh, Sadio Mane, uh, who's been scoring regularly for them, uh, they are a quality side too. That that Group C is going to be a very very tough one indeed.
1: We we spoke to Matthew Booth last night here on SAFM Sport Trap, and he was saying that uh, we mustn't go into this confi- uh, into this uh, tournament with too much confidence because we, we did have a, a fairly easy qualifying group. Nigeria weren't the team that they they were in previous years. Uh, I, I wonder what he would say after after today's performance against Mali because they are a fantastic outfit. You mentioned uh, that they beat Algeria. Do, Do you think Algeria would be sitting up and taking notice or would they go, you know, it's friendly, we can't read too much into that?
3: I think a bit of both, uh, because yes, you, you can't read too much into a friendly. It's totally different to a competitive match, and uh, the the Malians certainly seem to slack off towards the end. Uh, uh, apparently, it was quite humid in uh, Libreville as well. They are close to the equator, and the similar conditions will face the teams uh, in Equatorial Guinea. And uh, you know, but but having said that, uh, the, I think Bafana Bafana, their the short one-two passes really reminded me of a great team that we saw in England last year. Remember them, Liverpool? <laughs> 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 they really, they really strung together those passes and uh, I think uh, even even the Malian fans in the stands started applauding Bafana Bafana because they were really playing some very very attractive football my only concern would be Brad uh, the defense they, they look, Bafana Bafana look good going forward but they haven't been tested defensively and I think that could be a problem because we've seen Senegal are very very strong uh, a strong offensive side as are Algeria and particularly when it comes to set pieces so uh, I think you know Bafana Bafana will do well to keep their feet on the ground and and uh, just remain level-headed as they approach the opening game on, on Monday.
1: Let, let's hope they do. I, this is a run. It's now 10 games unbeaten, if I recall correctly. It's, it's, it's been a fantastic sort of start for Mashaba. For but now that we get into the actual tournament, our first game is on Monday. Uh, no more friendlies. There's lots at stake. There's
3: absolutely, it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous amount at stake. I think w- what has helped Shakes Mashaba tremendously, uh, Brad, is uh, the fact that he hasn't been given a performance mandate. He hasn't been told like Gordon Igerson was going into the, the, the previous time uh, when Bafana Bafana hosted, when we hosted that, that you reach the qu- quarterfinals or you lose your job. Shakes Mashaba has been told you develop a team for 2018 qualifiers for uh, the next World Cup in Russia. And I think, you know, that absence of pressure uh, certainly helped the team. And you can see that the way they play as well, they, 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 they don't seem to have any pressure. They play uh, as if they are enjoying themselves and, and uh, they really are enjoying themselves and they play as a unit. And I think uh, that bodes well for the team as well. And uh, they've already exceeded expectations as far as I'm concerned. And uh, they're, they're getting better all the time with each performance as well. So if I were the other group seed teams, I certainly would
1: be worried. Mo, as far as injuries go, there there were a few concerns uh, in the build-up to this game, players sitting out with with little niggles. Do you know of any any other, other injuries? Is there anything we should be worried about?
3: Well, at the moment, uh, you know, uh, we we know that Rivaldo could see a tokelo-ranti set out uh, today's game because of uh, injury concerns, as did uh, Bernard Parker. But I I suppose uh, the coach didn't need to risk them this afternoon. Uh, We'll see, you know, uh, after today's game, once the medical personnel have had a look at the players. But uh, no player was taken off due to injury. And I think uh, all all 23 players uh, would be fit and ready uh, for that opening game against Algeria. you mentioned uh, 10 games for Sheikh Manshah, but it's 12 altogether now because Gordon Egerson's last two games uh, ended in draws as well. So they're now only three games off uh, the record of 15 games unbeaten, which uh, was jointly set by Clive Barker's sides in '94 uh, to '96 and uh, Stuart Baxter and a combination of Stuart Baxter
1: and Ted Dumito. Well, let's hold thumbs and cross fingers because that will get us into the playoffs. I'll take that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mo, just to wrap things up, uh, the tournament gets underway this weekend. Bafana's opening game just on Monday. It's time to nail your colours to the mast. Who, who do you reckon is the team to watch out-and-out favourites in this AFCON?
3: I don't think there are, there are any out-and-out favourites, and that's uh, a tribute to the development of African football, uh, if you remember. Uh, Cameroon won it twice in a row, 2002, 2000 and, uh, 2000 and 2002, and then Egypt won it three times in a row. You're not going to see any of uh, the teams dominating as those two did in the past uh, decade or so. Uh, I think, you know, the winner could come from uh, the, the likes of uh, Senegal, uh, Cameroon, Algeria, um, and maybe even Bafana Bafana. I think uh, don't write off Bafana Bafana at all. I think if, if they would do very well if they get out of the group, but don't write off Bafana Bafana because uh, they've really surprised everyone, including myself.
1: I still think we are the underdogs but I guess that's a nice place to be in Moali. Thank you very much for that update. The tournament gets underway this Saturday and we'll have live action for you here on SAFM. Talking of live action, the cricket's still underway at Mead after 12 overs. The Pro 108 without loss. Fantastic, fantastic start. We'll chat to Doug Ryder about Team MT and Quebec's inclusion into this year's Tour de France next. SAFM Sports Wrap. SAFM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday evening and as was mentioned on PM Live this afternoon, some fantastic news for not just South African cycling but African cycling in a hole and uh, it was announced today that one of the five wildcard spots for the 2015 edition of the tour de france will be going to team mtn quebec and uh, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show we've chatted to many times over the last couple of years uh, team principal douglas Ryder, doug welcome back onto the show first of all congratulations you must be over the moon
0: yeah oh, thanks so much yeah no geez um I actually, when I received an SMS earlier today, midday, from Christian Pedome, who's the general manager of the Tour de France, saying, hi, Douglas, this is Christian Pedome. Welcome to the Tour de France. Please call me. <laughs> and I looked at this SMS <laughs> and I was like, are you joking? Like, really? And uh, so then I picked up the phone and I phoned him and, he, and I, I was just, I mean, I couldn't even speak to him. I was like, you have no idea what this means, not only to the hard work and effort that we put in, but to... To the riders and to South African cycling, this is just incredible, and uh, yeah, it's
1: amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I get goosebumps to hear you tell that story. I, I think it is it is amazing. And uh, just on a personal note, before we get into to the team and, and and looking ahead, where to from now. But on a personal note, this has been your baby for for a long, long time, and it's something you've worked really hard uh, to to sort of achieve. Uh, tell us, I mean, the emotions that 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 have gone through you today.
0: Yeah, thanks. I mean, you're right, it's been a dream that that started probably I guess pretty seriously ten years ago and um and we kept going and improving every year and trying to, you know, finding partners and trying to you know, trying to get the right people involved and to try and, you know, sell the dream to, to, to partners to, to you know, to, to try and take this African team and this dream team to to the world of fighting and show the potential from Africa so I mean you know to, to, to take people along with us for all this time to help growing it each year has been has been hugely stressful you know to say that this is a reality and it's possible and it can happen and then to finally you know get the nod yeah, yeah I mean it's it's incredible it's just uh, it's uh, you know it's obviously massive thanks goes to all the people that have believed in it and that have invested in it and you uh, and all the riders that have also opened their eyes to think, geez, maybe we could be, you know, in the biggest races in the world and we could perform at that level. And so, yeah, that's, you know, it's just incredible for, you know, for me personally, when I heard, I, I mean, I called my wife immediately and and we just were, yeah, I mean, we went crazy. It's like we were so ecstatic. We both invested so much in this thing and I've invested so much of my personal time and effort and uh, over the years to the definite stress of my family, you know, and... Um, and to finally realise this, it's incredible. And I think really that now, I'm, I truly hope that South African cycling and especially road cycling, you know, will hugely benefit from this because, you know, the dream is really, you know, the dream really is coming true now. And uh, and road cycling in South Africa does need the does need the lift and does need the support. And corporate South Africans should definitely get behind, you know, South African road cycling and uh, and and help the future riders you know, I guess, get the experience and the international exposure and uh, and become the Dale MPs and the Louis Mankees of the future. And, uh, and and so that'll be a, You know, um, that's what I'm hoping will, will come out of this, I guess.
1: Douglas, one of my favorite sporting events on the calendar is the Tour de France. I mean, I remember as a little boy sitting watching that thing and, and there weren't any South Africans or Africans in there that I could aspire to, but I still loved the race. And I'm just so excited by what this is going to mean 10, 15, 20 years down the line when some kid sitting at home in front of the TV watches this race and, and there's guys from his country that he can relate to uh, on the slopes of, uh, of Alpe d'Huez and, and riding on the Champs-Élysées. It's, it's, this is going to do big things for South African and African cycling.
0: No, absolutely. And I mean, you know, Chris Froome, when he won the tour and Daryl wore the yellow jersey in the tour two years ago, you could see how what a massive impact it had locally and how many South Africans really were inspired by it and how so many South African riders and kids on bikes, you know, looked at that and thought, Geez, but I saw that guy last week. He's a normal person. I'm sure I can get to that level. And now with so many of our riders being African and South African, I mean, we have 60% of our team this year, and seventy percent last year, you know, they all those guys and from the countries that they're from and especially from South Africa, you know, they'd look at it and go, like, but I raced against that guy last year and now he's going to the Tour de France. I mean, I really believe that I can get there and I can do it myself and and that's fantastic because it feels like that ceiling above your head is now lifted and then, you know, you could you could really, you know, I guess grasp this thing and it's not a dream. It is possible and and I'm hoping that this team and that I am you know, inclusion in the tour and the success that we're going to have over the coming months and building up to that will inspire many more guys to get onto bicycles and believe that it's possible. And, um, you know, and of course inspire people to get involved with the Quebec charity because, you know, that's critical to our success and it's critical to the success and the future of African and South African cycling. And we have such amazing talent in this country and, and, and such incredible endurance sportsmen and women that if we can just get more people involved and more people inspired to make a difference to, you know, to the Quebec charity, then then my job will become a lot easier into the future, and uh, we'll have a much larger pool of riders to choose from, and uh, African cycling and South African cycling can definitely transform, you know, the the, the world cycling platform today.
1: We'll chat about that Quebec charity side of things in a moment, but you mentioned the team and the riders that that are getting an opportunity that for many of them five years ago, it wasn't a possibility, but now they will be riding on on, on the biggest stage, on on, on the, the biggest cycling stage in the world. You mentioned 60% of, of the team is African at the moment. You have had to bring in a couple of, of experienced and, and really good riders. I think of uh, Edvald uh Tyler Farah in there as well. Uh, it, it's a nice blend of youth and experience, and these, these youngsters, particularly the African youngsters, can learn a lot from these seasoned pros. Yes.
0: I mean, when I spoke to Louis and the guys and, and Raynard and you know every guy that started riding a bike and and was competitive. I mean, they, you know, all of our boyhood dreams as cyclists was to ride the Tour de France. I never got the opportunity, and uh, and it was a dream of mine. Now I'm in a sitting in a car and <laughs> standing with a whip. Now I'm just riding, <laughs> on the back of the car. But then, you know, and for these guys, it, it is a boyhood dream, and for them to to have a structure like ours and to, and to have an African and South African team. Racing at that level gives them so many more opportunities, and so many more opportunities for for riders. So that's fantastic. And it, I mean, like I said, it is there it is every cyclist's dream to you know to ride the Tour de France. So so there's a realization of those guys' dreams, and it's a fantastic opportunity, you know, for them. And you know, just yeah, I mean, that's it's just it's, it's fundamentally important, I guess, for for the future of cycling and for South African cycling that there is a team you know, from Africa and there should be more. I mean, I I wish that there'd be more teams at our level and I'm hoping into the future there will be that uh, it just will give more South Africans and African riders a chance to to show their worth on the world stage.
1: I can't wait to to watch this year's race. It all gets underway on the 4th of July in Utrecht, uh, the Tour de France. And we will be seeing MTN Quebec on that start line and also on the finish line as they go down the Champs-Élysées. Douglas Ryder, team principal of Team MTN Quebec, uh, just on behalf of myself and and every single cycling fan in South Africa, you have no idea how proud we are. Thank you for all the hard work you've put in, and we can't wait to watch the team perform on, on the biggest stage in the world. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much. Quick cricket update for you here on SAFM Sports Wrap. South Africa, One twenty-one for the loss of one. The man back in the hat, Rizzo Hendricks, for 42. And Mornay von Veig, still out in the middle on 67. And they've uh, promoted David Visser up the order. We could see some fireworks coming up in just a moment. we got some news coming your way at 7 o'clock. So the talk shop coming Southern. your way has done it
3: again, winning another International Investment Performance Award at the grand opening of the World Investment Forum, hosted by the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development in October 2014. The World Investment Forum has recognized the achievements made by South Africa in attracting foreign direct investment that supports sustainable development. Idonsa, a state-of-the-art dry foods production plant from Durban, is one of the projects assisted by the DTI, which was nominated and won this outstanding award. The DTI, towards full-scale industrialization and inclusive growth.
1: Be sure not to miss Group B action on the 18th of January as Zambia take on Congo Diaz with kickoff at 6 p.m. Then catch... Tunisia play unpredictable Cape Verde at 9 p.m. Thursday the 22nd says Zambia square up against Tunisia at 6 p.m. Then Cape Verde tackles Congo DR at 9 p.m. Finally, the last group matches will be played on the 25th of January at 8 p.m. With Cape Verde versus Zambia and Congo DR clashes with Tunisia. SABC Sport, bringing AFCON 2015 Equatorial
0: Guinea closer to you. SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: Well, just before we do say goodbye, if you missed it earlier, Bafana Bafana have beaten Mali three nil in their final warm-up match against uh, ahead of the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. Fantastic performance uh, by Sheikh's Mashaba's charges, and that's it for their warm-ups ahead of their opening clash against Algeria, and that takes place on Monday. Crickets uh, update One twenty-five for 1. The Proteas are right now. That's after 14 and a half overs, and Team MT in Quebec will be riding in the 2015 Tour de France. The Talk Shop is up next. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you to my producers as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to catch the show again, you can. Just head to iono.fm and you can catch the podcast. Until tomorrow, 6.30, the PSL radio show Sekonjala returns with Dwayne DeLacker. Until then, let's cheers.